Hello, and welcome to Living Your Legacy. My name is Shauna Hamilton, and I'm a senior strategist on the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team here at UBS. The mission of our group is to serve as a thought partner for exceptional families. We understand that our clients' needs extend beyond the purely financial, so we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing their wealth for continuity. Part of this work is working with our clients and their families to help them articulate and implement a legacy. We believe that a legacy is built into everyday actions, decisions, and in achieving goals, philanthropic and otherwise. And through our dialogue, we hope to inspire and guide clients to explore their purpose and begin building their legacy. And our guest today personifies uh, how legacy is built every day. And I'm so excited to have Dr. Barney Long, the Senior Director of Conservation Strategies at Rewild, join us today. Uh, first, a little bit on Rewild and Barney. So Rewild's mission is to protect and restore the wild to build a thriving earth where all life flourishes. They work towards this mission by combining more than three decades of conservation impact by Leonardo DiCaprio and global wildlife conservation, leveraging expertise, partnerships, and platforms to bring new attention, energy, and voices together. And Barney, Barney works on the conservation of endangered mammal species and the thematic approaches required to achieve the recovery of their populations. Prior to joining Rewild, he led the species program at the World Wildlife Fund in the U.S. A key interest of Barney's is how to raise the quality of implementation at scale through developing thematic approaches to improving protected area management effectiveness, the prevention of poaching, and species conservation and recovery planning. Barney uh, and Rewild are strong believers in the power of partnerships for conservation and he works extensively with the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Species Survival Commission, the SMART, uh, Conservation Assured, and Zero Poaching Partnerships. So just a few things to keep Barney busy, and we're happy that he's taking a few moments with us today. Uh, Barney, welcome to Living Your Legacy. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you, with you today. Great. So let's jump right in. Uh, Rewild, it's a very clever name, and it's obviously so much more. Uh, so for those that may be unfamiliar with the term uh, Rewild, can you share what that means? Happy to, yeah. And actually, it can have multiple meanings depending on uh, who's talking about it. Um, purely from a scientific point of view, rewilding is a process that uh, aims to bring back the natural state of the landscape including its full complement of biodiversity and ecological processes. So in effect, putting it back to the way it was when it was truly wild before human intervention. Um, but that's the very scientific um, meaning of the world rewilding. Um, as a name, in terms of um, rewild as an organization, um, we like to think of it as regarding the wild um, and also the action of rewilding um, is something that doesn't have to be part of um, a landscape approach, but can also be something that you do individually. And therefore, we like to think about rewilding your life and everything that you do day to day. Um, and that's really important. Um, as you mentioned earlier, individuals having an individual impact can happen um, all throughout the day and, and all of your decision-making. Um, 
And we really like the word rewild and the name rewild um, because it can resonate with different people in different settings. Um, but it's always an active word. Um, and rewild as an organization is all about inspiring action for the wild. I love that. I love that it's got both uh, an action um, meaning and it's based in, in science and, again, a clever name for a nonprofit. So I, I heard you mention themes around biodiversity in there. So can you share a little bit more about why that's important? So biodiversity is a term that um, means all life on Earth. And this is really, really important because it's not just about saving an individual species, um, but saving the entire planet. So species are the fundamental building blocks of biodiversity. Um, we estimate there's somewhere around 8 million species on the planet. Um, and without those species, the planet doesn't function very well. So species really are the building blocks of, of a functioning planet. Um, I like to use an analogy of a house. If you think of the foundations of a house, each brick being a species, if you were, when you start thinking about the extinction crisis, if you were to start taking away individual species from the foundations of your house, you're taking away individual bricks. If you take enough species away, the foundations of the, the ecosystems that everything we're working on functions will start to crumble. Um, and unfortunately, we're getting very close to that point as a planet. And because Species are the building blocks of biodiversity. Biodiversity is the cornerstone of ecosystem functions. And when I talk about ecosystem functions, I mean things like the water cycle that we all learned about at school, um, carbon, um, nutrient cycling. All of these things require species as those basic fundamental building blocks to, um, to uh, perpetuate. So, for example... The water cycle requires trees. The evapotranspiration of trees is what puts water back into the atmosphere. Um, we hear a lot about carbon um, and how to trap carbon here on Earth. Slow-growing species, whether it's trees or whales or elephants, trap carbon within them. Um, and then nutrient cycling, which is important for agriculture, growing the food we need, etc. Without fungi, nutrient cycling doesn't happen and nothing would decay when it dies. So if you just think about all those really fundamental things that we rely on as a planet and as a, as a human race, water, carbon, nutrients, they're all there because of species. And so without biodiversity, humans could not live on our home, which is planet Earth. That was a really thoughtful and, and kind of robust overview. And I'm, I'm curious, Barney, Eight million species on the planet. That's extraordinary, first of all. Do you have a story that you might be able to share of what Rewild has done in working either with species or an ecosystem uh, that connects back to yeah, your work? I could tell you a thousand such stories, but I'll try picking the first <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, when I was um, at school, my dream was always to work in, in tropical rainforest. Um, and I always wanted to, to research animals in the rainforest, and, and I was really keen on um, putting radio collars on animals and understanding where they walked and who they interacted and things like this. Um, and when I was 18, I was um, really lucky enough to, to volunteer for a project in Sumatra in Indonesia. 
Um, and this was my first chance to, to do a little bit of research, start working on tigers and primates and, and some other things. And one day I was walking through the forests, um, and the rainforests are quite dark places. Um, uh, it was a damp day, as it pretty much always is in the rainforests. Um, very green, brown, dark colors. And I remember seeing a glint of white coming through the, um, through the forest. And it took me by surprise because you don't usually see white things in the forest. So we changed direction and went up to it. And what we found was an area of forest that had been completely trampled. And in the middle of that trampled vegetation was a pile of white decaying bones. And what that was, was bones of a Sumatran rhino um, and the skull was still there um, showing the clear telltale signs of machete marks where the horns had been chopped out and that was a really pivotal moment in me because in that one moment I went from wanting to research animals in the rainforest to wanting to conserve them and ever since that one moment I've been really obsessed, <laughs> um, as lots of my friends will tell you, um, about conserving the Sumatran rhinoceros. Um, and so uh, a few years ago, Rewild was instrumental in bringing together a group of organizations underneath the umbrella of a government action plan to, to save the Sumatran rhino from extinction and put it on the road to recovery. This is a species of rhino that I'm guessing most listeners will never have heard of. Everyone knows of the rhinos of Africa. Um, and there's about 25,000 rhinos in Africa, blacks and whites combined. The Sumatran rhino is down to fewer than 80 individuals. Um, that's eight zero. Um, and that's spread across two islands and multiple locations. And so you can imagine the difficulty of a rhino living in the mountainous rainforests of Indonesia, trying to do the most simple, basic thing a species has to do, and that's find another animal and make some babies. And so what we've got now is a situation where there's so few rhinos left in such large areas of forest that they literally are dying of old age before being able to produce babies. And so this coalition that Rewild has been instrumental in setting up and, and has been driving for the last five years is aiming to bring those isolated rhinos together into a breeding program. It really is the last chance for the species, and we need to bring these animals together, facilitate their conservation breeding, whilst protecting their existing habitat so that in the future they can be put back into the wild. And this is the project I've been running um, with our partners in the Indonesian government, the International Rhino Foundation, and all of our Indonesian local partners, including the IUCN Species Survival Commission, and all of their members in Indonesia. So really driving this forward. It's a very complicated project, um, trying to catch rhinos, uh, evacuate them using helicopters, figuring out how to breed them, etc. Um, but that's the kind of power of partnerships, which we talked a little bit about earlier in your introduction, um, and how one person can really spark a movement to bring together a partnership to really change the trajectory for the conservation of a species. Thank you. Thank you for that story. It's profound just to hear the personal connection 
again, the power of partnerships. I'd, I'd love to hear the 999 other stories in that vein and the theme of partnerships uh, that we've, we've touched on a couple of times now. And I've personally seen rewild quite a bit um, this last year in things like advertisements uh, with YSL on Snapchat and hearing about some very forward-thinking philanthropies partnering with you. So if you could, could share how you work with partners from family foundations to communities to brands and maybe a takeaway for our listeners on how they can collaborate around a cause. Yeah, absolutely. I think partnerships are amazingly powerful enablers, catalysts, and force multipliers. And so um, almost everything that WeWild does is through partnerships, um, putting the goal before the brand in many cases um, to make sure that um, we can bring multiple different actors, uh, skill sets, um, et cetera, together um, towards uh, reaching a common goal. And so we use um, partnerships in many, many different ways. Um, sometimes we're bringing together actors um, around the cause. Um, so, for example, we've been working with the International Ranger Federation to pull together um better working conditions and training needs for rangers across the world and trying to get um, all those groups that are supporting ranger issues across the entire planet to to push forward the same kind of messaging. And we're really starting to see that change um, on the ground for rangers now. Similarly, we can try and pull together conservation groups in partnerships. And a great example of this is, is the SMART partnership, which you also mentioned in your introduction. This is a group of nine conservation groups that came together to look at a very um, simple but complicated question, which is how do you manage protected areas, um, mm. parks, nature reserves, etc.? How do you get to manage them more effectively? And one of the, the big gaps there is a technology solution, so bringing in all the data that exists in a park around um, patrolling locations, animal locations, visitor numbers, etc., that you can analyze that data um, and adaptively manage, manage your park. And that partnership has created a database. Uh, just yesterday, in fact, it released Smart 7, the seventh version of the, the software. And so it's a great example of a technology solution to a conservation problem. And, and without all nine conservation groups working together, that just would not be possible. Um, another example of how we work as in partnerships is with uh, foundations themselves. Um, a great partnership that I'm part of is called the Shark Conservation Fund, and this is the, the largest donor to shark conservation now um, and is really starting to drive not just funding for sharks but the, the actual conservation strategy for sharks. Um, and this is actually a, a pooled donor fund. So there's multiple um, foundations part of this uh, partnership um, that jointly uh, fund initiatives and drive forward the, the strategy uh, for sharks. And just in the last year, we've had some major successes around shark trade through the, the, CITES, um, the CITES convention, which is the global convention on the trade of, of, of species. Um, and that would not have been possible without a single coordinated approach driven by a coordinated group of foundations. 
um, pooling their money and believing in a single approach. And that's been immensely um, powerful for, for shark conservation. Um, and then partnerships around individual projects or, or issues. You mentioned YFL Beauty earlier. It's a great partnership that we have with a specific uh, brand. Um, they have a amazing commitment to sustainability. Um, and we've partnered with them on the goal of restoring 100,000 hectares across the world. Um, and so we have identified locations where they source materials from and where we're working and finding local partners to look at locations across multiple countries where we can restore um, natural thriving habitats um, in partnership with them. Um, and we're able to tell that story together, us through our conservation channels and them through their advertising and marketing and brand channels. And it's, it's an amazingly powerful partnership to, to work together in that way with an individual company to help them achieve their goals, which are shared by ourselves. So in terms of a, a, an overall takeaway, I guess the best thing to do is figure out how to best collaborate around a cause. And, and that is often about finding the right partner. And I think if anything, what the, the Shark Conservation Fund example says around this is that if organizations can get behind um, a single body that you trust, um, let them be the um, technical experts, the, the experts that know all the partners on the ground all over the world, trust them, believe in them, um, and form your partnership around those, those kind of trusting relationships. Um, and I've always found that partnerships are best when um, you play well with each other in the sandbox. So finding those partners that just work for you. Um, there's loads of organizations out there. You don't have to pick one. Find the right one that works for you that you can really, um, that you, you just have an ethical fit with. Um, and think about how you can scale that impact. And it's always, as I said earlier, it's really a focus on impact, not visibility. And as long as all the partners in a partnership are focusing on the outcome, not the process. That's when you have the, the big impacts and, and the, the really solid partnerships because you, you share one vision. I couldn't agree more with you, particularly on uh, how to collaborate around a cause. Uh, the UBS Optimist Foundation does some collective giving as well around the environment. And it all starts with what are the shared outcomes that we're swimming towards uh, are we values aligned? Because that's the only way to get momentum, right? And uh, it starts with a simple reflection of what do we want and who are we? And then you're able to build these more complex, momentous agreements. So thank you for those examples. Let's bring it back down to the every person. So for those that are inspired by your mission, how or what's one way they could rewild their life today? What's one action they could take? There's loads of things people can do. Um, and I think it's really important that people understand that the impact of the individual can be really powerful. Um, and one person starts a movement, um, and we have to always remember that. Um, and so I think little things that you can do just at home is to remember the power of you hold when you purchase anything. Um, switching power company to a company that gives you renewable energy rather than from, from, uh, fossil fuels. Um, 
thinking about your investment portfolio and, and who you're investing with, which companies and, and how green are they and what they're thinking about. You can also just think about your individual house. Have you done an energy audit recently? Um, mm. What are you putting in your fridge? Um, Rewild is a plant-based organization because uh, there's a vastly um, uh, outsized impact um, from the consumption of meat versus the consumption of plants. So could you just open your fridge and think about how you could rewild that a little bit to make it a little bit greener for the environment? Um, then, um, obviously, your voting power. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but um, <laughs> obviously think about um, your vote has a huge amount of impact on, on what happens for the environment. Um, and then, obviously, as an individual, um, donate to your favorite charities are always um, a good way to support. Um, but I think if you're anyone who's listening to this, if they own a business or invest in a business, um, there's other ways that you can also scale that impact. Um, everything I just talked about, about the individual, can almost be looked at as a corporation and a business as well. How do you make a business um, go carbon negative across an entire supply chain? How do you green your investments? Um, how do you make your executives engage in environmentalism? Um, could you make your, your business plant-based? Um, could you sponsor conservation efforts as a, as a corporation, et cetera, et cetera? So I think there's, there's so many different ways that one person can make a difference either within their household or within their, their um, professional life. I love it. And I love that you gave more than one because depending on where, where our listeners are in their life. So just to close, Barney, it's, it's very clear your passion or obsession, as you say, for the work is, um, it's obvious. And so when you reflect on, on your life, uh, how has your work at Rewild helped you support the legacy that you hope to leave? Uh, that's a really difficult question. And thankfully, I, I am lucky enough to have my absolute dream job. Um, so in many ways, that, that's good enough for me. Um, but I think my my passion is is very much about the conservation of species that are a little bit on the overlooked, wacky, surreal, unknown side of things. <laughs> um, I could probably list 50 species that Rewild is working on that probably no one on this call listening to this has ever heard of. Um, and I think it's really important that it's not just the, the tigers and elephants of the world that get attention, um, but it's the tamarau and the harlequin toads and the hootiers and things like this that, that also get the attention that they deserve. And Rewild has provided me the platform to develop a species conservation program that addresses those species um, and also to work with our local partners in countries all over the world that are working on these species but until we came along didn't have any international support to help them and so ideally my legacy would be hundreds if not thousands of local groups being led by amazing local champions helping local communities sustainably manage their land and water and conserving thousands of endangered species across the world. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Barney, for both sharing your story, what Rewild is doing. We need obsessed, critically thinking, committed people to lead us, to inspire us, and connect us 
to uh, the work that you do every day. So just a word of sincere gratitude for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. And to close, I also want to thank our listeners for sharing in this journey with Barney today. Every other month, we will be publishing a new episode on Living Your Legacy, which will explore stories like we heard today of those who are working towards defining and contributing to their legacies every day. UBS Financial Services, Inc. or its affiliates and its employees are not affiliated with any third-party speakers mentioned. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy.